and uh, we're going to wrap up the show with him. Uh, we are live in the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. You ever been somewhere and you just are like, I wish the internet I have in my house was here? That I, I was there today, and I was like, you know, it's a shame that not everybody has Upcountry, and I'll just leave it at that. Could have used Upcountry, place I was at earlier today. Uh, go get it for your home or business today. They're going through the upstate. I mean, like a house of fire. Just unbelievable. Upcountry fiber. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's do quick hitters with Go Follow Lead. Our good friend, Dr. Jana Butler, joins us right now. We're going to talk about leadership today a little bit. And uh, I think we're going to talk about followership a little bit too um, because that's what we do. Jana, what's up? Hey, Clark. How's it going? I'm doing great. Having a fantastic day. Um, I hope you're doing well. How are things going for you? You know, things are pretty good. I'm actually in New Orleans uh, right now, a little family stuff. But I uh, had some oysters yesterday. I'm going to eat some crawfish today. So uh, life is good. Come on. So a little family vacate in New Orleans? Let's go. It is not a vacation. Oh, okay. It is not a vacation. <laughs> I am solo. More fam- just family business. Okay. Um, so, but but you know, always when always one of my favorite cities to visit. Get a good a bit of amber beer and uh, some fried oysters, and just leave me alone. Ben so. Milstead just uh, booked a flight. He's coming. I just <laughs> I just need to I just need the you to know that char grilled oysters, char grilled oh, yeah. oysters. Oh yes. I had half dozen last night. So my yeah, gosh, it was uh, right on time. Ben, I'll send you an itinerary of all the spots. That's what I'm talking about. Love it. Um, let's uh, let's talk about power for a little bit. One of my favorite interviews, yeah. uh, one of my favorite interviews I've done for uh, the women Clemson Women's Sports Hour is when I sat down with Tori Neiman and we talked about power for like 15 minutes. To see her eyes light up with the work that you guys are doing is remarkable. Uh, for those who may not know, what is power? So power, so let's just start with, yes, Tori Neiman, rock star. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this. I didn't know what I was saying yes to when she asked, but I'm really glad I said yes. <laughs> um, so you never know, right? You never know what kind of trouble you're getting into when you say yes. But, correct. As a um, perpetual yes-sayer, <laughs> correct. <laughs> right. But the lesson here is when Tori asks, you say yes. It doesn't matter what it is. But um, So Power is a Women's Leadership Academy. So it's an academy for the female student-athletes here at Clemson. We're in year three. So this is our third cohort. It is application-driven uh, cohort, so our female student-athletes apply. There's an interview process. There's a selection process. Not everyone who applies is accepted. Um, and so the program has really evolved um, as Tori and I figure out what we're doing, you know, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so we have an athlete from every sports team, I think, this season, except for uh, one sport. And, you know, the, the idea is to have all sports represented and, and, and on top of that, really to get the best female leaders that we have in our athletic department in the room together and give them a space to talk about things that they otherwise wouldn't get to talk about, right? Um, so power, the, the kind of the program itself, we do eight sessions throughout the school year. We meet on campus. We do eight workshops. And then we go on an experiential learning trip. Um, we have been going to Chicago in June. We are not going to Chicago this June, we're going somewhere else, and I cannot say it, um, where we're going just yet. It's not public knowledge. But um, we go on that trip, and then we come back. And the really cool thing is that when we come back, then our athletes who have been in this program all year put on a half-day summit for 
other women in the university. Um, so they, the students become the teachers, and Tori and I become very hands-off. We're just like MCs, facilitators, and they're sharing what they've learned through, through the experience of power. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. I love this, and we can go a number of different ways with it. Uh, one is this yeah. a this is something I actually don't know. I'm not sure I've ever asked Tori about this. If if a student athlete wants to do this as a freshman, can they do it four years, or is the goal like you're in it one year and then you sort of go back to your team and we want to get as many people in this as possible? What what's what's the process there? Yeah, it is a one time thing. Um, so kind of as we've you know as this has developed over the last three years. Um, our cohort has been on the junior-senior side a little bit more so. So hopefully some student-athletes who are in leadership roles, not saying, you know me well enough, a freshman can definitely lead, not a hierarchical uh, leadership person, right? So, um, But people who are in a leadership capacity within their team, because the point is come through this training, so to say, come through this program, and one of the benefits, Tori and I hope, is that you're taking this back to your team and you're being a better leader for your team and you're helping out your coaches and your better in the locker room and all that kind of stuff so there's definitely that the hope that this is trickling down um, into locker rooms uh, one thing that i'm curious about too is you know i i was actually thinking about this on the way in today you know i feel like a lot of leadership is male dominated like the conversation about it is male dominated in some ways and maybe it's like i know i was i'm i've been raised to lead since i was like born right i mean it's like it's like it was it was ingrained into me like if you're a man that's what you do you lead are there differences when you're talking to a group of women who have that opportunity in their in their athletic teams and in those contexts to lead? Are there different ways you speak to them about leadership given that? Um, I don't know if there's different topics that we emphasize. Our curriculum is really rooted in taking ownership, you know, mm-hmm. and so like owning owning your genius, owning your voice, owning your future, like we do some financial literacy stuff with there. Um, so I don't know if it's, I mean, leadership is leadership, right? Right. Um, but I think what, what we're doing is creating the space for these women to have conversations about leadership that they can't have when men are in the room or when other people are in the room, right? Like there, there are some things that, that we can talk about and go really deep with when it's just us in the space. And so I think about like the leadership training and development being more our responsibility of giving them the space to have those conversations, you know, and kind of, kind of push them a little bit rather than like the learning objectives of, of what leadership is. Visiting with uh, Dr. Jana Butler from Go Follow Lead, some quick hitters here on a Wednesday. All right. Um, one other thing, I, you, I know you talk about followership in here too. And th- that's, yeah. that's something I think that is, you know, people talk about leadership training. They're like, okay, well, they're just going to go in and they're just going to lead everybody. What it, I, I feel like what you guys do is a lot more holistic than that, right? Yeah, you know, one of the things, a new session that we implemented this year is called Owning the Hard. And and under that umbrella, you know, when I think about followership and I think about some of the things that is maybe a little bit more specific to female leadership is, you know, you have to be your own advocate. You have to use your voice, you know, and and being your own advocate can be really hard. Um, And I think a lot of it, you know, when you aren't the boss and you have, have to advocate for yourself as a follower to the boss, you know, that might not be just one time. You might have to do it 12 times before something actually changes, right? So we have conversations um, around that. We have conversations around, you know, followership isn't saying yes all the time. Followership isn't, um, you know, blindly following like a sheep, right? Like there are ways to boldly follow, courageously follow. 
um, you can have a voice as a follower and how do you have those hard conversations, you know, what language to use, um, mannerisms, things like that. We do all of that stuff. So, um, yeah. What is it? I, you may not want to use names. That's fine. I, I'm trying to think of like the 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 <laughs> typical person who gets into power and then comes out of power. What are they looking for when they go in? What do they get out of it when they go back to their team? And then, do you have examples of somebody who sort of exemplified this and like embraced the process and ended up getting where they needed to go? Yeah, you know, the first person I think I think of uh, two athletes off the top of my head. I think of Aaliyah Logaleo, who was in our first year yes. cohort, and you know, and just watching her mature. She's also um, interning in student athlete development, so I get to see her a good bit. Watching her growth, watching her step into her role with her team, and and the, some of the dynamics there, um, owning her future and really thinking far down the road about what that looks like. That's been really cool for her as well. Um, the other name and, and another fascinating student athlete that we have that I just feel fortunate to have kind of gone through the program with her is Megan Bornkamp. Um, I don't know if you've spent any time with those two, but Megan on the women's soccer team, mm-hmm. you know, great run this year is deciding to come back, is going to step into that leadership role. And in talking with her and talking with her teammates, you know, the thing about that's so cool about Megan that I've learned about her is, like, she just pops up. I've seen her at the golf course. Um, I've seen her in downtown Greenville by herself, just exploring, right? I see her at Starbucks where she was just going to run with a teammate that was training for a half marathon. She wasn't running the half mar- marathon, but she was going to run the 10 miles with her teammate after practice. So, like, that level of just elite um, commitment to herself, you know, has been a really cool cool thing. And with her coming back and stepping into that, you know, big leadership um, shoes that uh, have, have emptied because of graduation, right, with the women's soccer team. So those are the first two that I think of. Um, but you know, I could say something about all of them. They're just they're a great group. It is a it is a really fascinating process to watch and to hear you and Tori talk about how it uh, how it changes people is really cool. I'm sure there are a lot of folks who are listening to this going, I didn't even know this existed. This I, <laughs> I feel like it doesn't exist a lot of places. Am I am I wrong about that? We believe that we are uh, the first and perhaps still the only that's doing this. Mm. And so kudos to Clemson and its leadership. You know, this this started um, under Dan when he was AD, but, you know, Graham picked up the torch and the person who's really, um, you know, got us all going and is so consistent in leadership is, is Stephanie Johnson. So um, Stephanie's very involved. Nally Honan's very involved. Amanda Richardson's very involved. They come to all of our sessions. They go on the trip with us. Um, so it is, is very much a priority from the administration's point of view. Do you guys learn, like, are there, is there something that you guys are like, wow, uh, either about them or about yourselves as you're sort of leading and facilitating? Like, does it have that sort of uh, boomerang effect back on you? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the, the stuff that these athletes talk about and their concerns for right now, current day, right, but also their concerns for the world and what's going on around them. Um, you know, Tori and I are always, like, we always debrief afterwards and it's like, how can we make this better? We weren't expecting this. Oh, my gosh, did you hear her say this? Um, and I'll tell you this story, and it kind of goes back to your question about women in leadership roles. And it's a little different, so hopefully everybody's okay with the story. But we were in Chicago last year, and we met with um, Melody Hobson. Melody Hobson runs a financial advising group in Chicago, and we were just thrilled to have access to her. We got 30 minutes with her. And one of our athletes said, asked the question, what, could you tell, what would you tell your younger self? 
and uh, like asking for advice for younger women. And the thing that Melody said to them was freeze your eggs in all of our women's faces, just like no one was expecting that. Uh, even the grown-ups weren't expecting that in the room. But like that's something that our women need to be thinking about, right? And so we, um, we're definitely always learning. You know, we've expanded from six sessions over the course of the year to now eight sessions. Uh, we're constantly mixing things up. Every cohort hasn't gotten the exact same program because we've got to stay, you know, current. Uh, leadership trends change. Our world is changing. And so the program, I think, is just going to continue to evolve, especially with this trip that we have coming up in June. Um, that's going to be pretty exciting news. And I think I think we're going to Clemson's going to get even more attention, you know, really good positive attention because of it. Very good. All right, last question. I want to broaden this out a little bit because I know we've got uh, lots of parents, moms and dads with teenage daughters who are thinking about college, <laughs> maybe some college athletes out there. You, yeah, yeah. You get to see how athletes come into this process and they're hungry and they want to soak up as much. What would you suggest to parents to teach their young daughters about leadership, followership, that would help them when they get to a college athletics type of experience? Um, Self-awareness. Just help them get to know themselves. Like reflection time, um, asking really specific questions. How, how do they want to show up as a teammate? You know, how do they want to show up as a friend? Um, but, but leading well, following well, both of those things just start with a really high level of self-awareness. So just helping them explore, you know, which, uh, being a former teenage girl, there, uh, might not be something we're all really interested in, right? I can say that, but, <clears throat> and might, and that's, it's going to change as you change, right? But like starting the practice of self-awareness, um, however a parent sees fit is what I would encourage uh, them to do. The, the more, a woman, and you know, this isn't just gender specific, but any young person, the more a young person knows themselves and has confidence from themselves internally, like that's just going to benefit them down the road, especially when they're out there doing life on their own. Wonderful stuff. Uh, it's a great program. It's really uh, paying dividends on Clemson's campus and in athletics. I get to see it a lot. And um, uh, Jana, you and Tori to be commended for that. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Enjoy New Orleans and enjoy some char-grilled oysters and uh, a nice beverage. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. I'll send you a picture. You can share it with Ben. Wonderful. Can't wait. Thanks, Jana. All right. Thanks, Quark. All Bye. right. That's Jana Butler. They they truly are like – one of the things I think I, I thought about athletics is that, well, coaches are they – have, they have to coach and they also have to do all the leadership stuff and they have to do all this, like molding people. There are so many people molding – the 18 to 22, 23 year olds on Clemson's campus, it is remarkable. Um, and that's a that's a good example of a program that's changing a lot of locker rooms and changing a lot of context for the better. All right, let's take a break and we come back. Much more on the program. 654 Roars the Number, Hour 2 continues after this. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE-quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. I'm Lance Crick. 
After 20 plus years as a federal prosecutor with the U.S. Attorney's Office in South Carolina and several years as a state prosecutor, I joined Ryan Beasley Law last year to practice law with Ryan and Mary Hunter. Our team works in courtrooms across the state, including city and magistrate courts, as well as state and federal courts. We work with clients in all areas of state and federal criminal defense to include pre-arrest investigations, white-collar defense, as well as student conduct issues at colleges and universities. Our responsive and proactive approach in cases is at all times client-centric and resolution-focused. We look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Please give us a call at 864-679-7777 or find us online at ryanbeasleylaw.com. In every case, for every client, in courtrooms across the state, Ryan Beasley Law, ryanbeasleylaw.com. Two thousand eight was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle, or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Don't you want to just sit back, relax, and breathe fresh air in your home? You'd be surprised by the amount of dust and bacteria that is sitting in your duct system and circulating in your home. Zero Res is the only company I trust to get my home insanely clean. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plowler, and The Roar and get $50 off your next air duct cleaning. Use promo code AIR50 when scheduling online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Zero Res, spell it backwards or forwards, it's the right way to clean. Before you break ground on that exciting project, here's a friendly reminder from Fort Hill Natural Gas. Safety first. Call 811 before you dig. It's the law and it's free. Whether you're planting a garden or installing that dream patio, make sure to dial 811, your ticket to a safe and worry-free project. Fort Hill Natural Gas supports and recognizes safe digging practices. Your safety is their priority. Dig smart, dig safe. Call 811 before you dig. Brought to you by Fort Hill Natural Gas, where safety meets satisfaction. Looking for a job with a company that's focused on family? Glen Raven's Anderson Plant, maker of high-quality Sumbrella products, is hiring now. As a family-run company offering competitive hourly rates to help you support your family, you'll enjoy premium benefits, including a pension program and much more. You'll qualify for a $1,500 sign-on bonus, and once you're hired, if you refer someone who gets hired, you'll get a $2,000 referral bonus, too. If you're experienced or willing to be trained, apply today at join.sumbrella.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar, your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Be a higher love down in the 
right, hour two continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush and John Height with you. Ben Milstead is just listen, just just uh, just uh, jamming, jamming on the road down to uh, to Atlanta. Um, six five four roars the number if you like to join us. Six five four seven six two seven on the phones and on the Adams Covering text line. Uh, John Height, how are you, sir? Doing well, Quag. How you doing this afternoon? You know, I am. I am just peachy. I'm doing great. Um, I'm ready to talk a little ball with you. Um, we've got more on Clemson and Georgia Tech coming up. Um, you and Brad had an interesting discussion earlier today about what's to come with the. And we talked about this a little yesterday. The five plus seven model and the group of five and some of the things that came out of there. Um. Particularly the fact that all of these group of five commissioners and these representatives like voted for this. And you guys had an interesting take on it. Um, I want to get into it some because I do think the fact that we're expanding and we're going to this model and that everybody's on board, it suggests some things or maybe makes some things not make sense. Okay. So what's your what's your take on the impact of expanded playoff five plus seven? And all of the changes on co- in college athletics on group of five football. Well, I think it's being framed as something that is a positive because there is an automatic qualifier, right? And in Correct. the 14 playoff, we haven't had one. But I feel like them floating it out there that this is an improvement is really just, it's kind of a facade. Like it looks great on the surface level. But once you even peel back the slightest of layers, you realize this is not built for you. This is not built to get more teams into the field in different leagues. This is not set up to allow a Liberty as well as a Western Michigan as well as an East Carolina to all make the playoff at one time. It's still going to be just one selection. And they still can't figure out how they're going to do the payouts of this thing. So if one G5 team is going to make it, do you have to split it with everybody else across the country? How far is that dollar going to go? It's a fair question. Um, This is a question I keep coming back to. All right. If that's true, why was it unanimous? Like, I want to know, because here's here's what I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing with what you're talking about. I do think there is a little bit of, and I I can't, like, you know what? I'm going to say it like this. I, I think if you could sell group of five access as a as a great thing everybody's got a shot whatever then I got some lakefront property in the middle of Oklahoma that you could like it it doesn't work right. it doesn't work because like you say I mean I'm going back to the Liberty example congratulations Liberty's there you get beat by a thousand every other league makes more money than you was that really worth it is it really worth it to get on TV to just get your brain beat in now, we also know that Washington State and Oregon State got paid off to vote yes. We know they got paid off to vote yes. Ben Ben brought that up at the end of the show yesterday. We talked about that. That they are like the the powers that be. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say primarily the SEC and the Big Ten are not above, particularly because they don't, I mean, they don't really need to make significantly more than everybody else. They're the ones sort of driving this boat. Like these group of five leagues that are, that are good for college football and necessary. And that texture says, yes, there are lakes in Oklahoma. Beachfront property in Oklahoma. I think I said lakefront. Yes. Uh, beachfront property in Oklahoma. Thank you. Thank you, Texter. 
Texters hey, now hey, tell hey, me but, all no, about the topography of Oklahoma. But to yes. defend you, Brent Venables goes out to Oklahoma and keeps a lake house here. I just find that interesting. It is interesting. You have all those lakes in Oklahoma, but yet, you know. Just, Agreed. Just, just pointing that out there. Agreed. You're right. You're right. And you know what? Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Uh, yes, yes, Texter. Now I'm just yelling at Texters now. Yes, Texter. You really want to recreate the press box over here, don't there you? There are. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Just yelling. Man yells at cloud of Texters. Um, man yells at the cloud is what this yes, is. What exactly. this is. Um, anyway, regardless of that, I, I, I would tell you this. I am not worried in the slightest about group of five football in, in terms of the, the playoff. Because I don't think that the group of five athletic directors would vote to die. The group of five conference commissioners, I don't think they would vote to die. I don't think they would like come out and just you know blatantly state that, but what else are they going to do? What what else what other options do these commissioners have, do these leagues have other than just falling in line to make sure you're included even in the slightest bit? Great, great point. I heard you make that earlier, by the way. That's a great point. This is why it doesn't make sense, though. Because what you're saying is 100% accurate. Like, why would they... Why? What power do they have? Exactly. This is what I would say to that, okay? I think one of the things... I'm going to bring a political example in here. One of the most powerful statements I think you can make in politics... And I think actually one of the one of the things that is incentivized the most. This is why our political system's kind of messed up right now. I mean, we can go into that if you want to. Um, is voting no on a bill you know is going to pass? Think about what that accomplishes. It accomplishes absolutely zero. To vote no on a, like that that is now like the most principled stand you can make. Is vote no on a bill that's. That's totally going to pass. Because you don't have to actually wear a policy. You just were against a thing. Then you get to go tell your voters, hey, I stood up for you and I was against the man. I was against the system. I was against the cabal. I was against the establishment, whatever. You don't actually have to do a thing. You just vote no. I think there's so much incentive right now in our society to just vote no. Think about what the alliance was. I have I, forever I've been saying that all the alliance was is three no votes one time. They said a bunch of words and they set it all up and I, I don't need anybody to confirm that for me. That's obviously what it was. It was three no votes one time so the SEC couldn't run, run roughshod over everybody else right Correct. after COVID. Yeah. That's all the alliance was. And they talked about doing a whole bunch of stuff just to sort of provide a framework where they could they could essentially lie to people. I, I don't want to say it was a lie, but... No, it, it was, though. Everyone Remember the scheduling agreement they were going to float out there? Yeah. We're going to have all this, you know, we're going to have all these games where... I mean, we spent so many hours on this airwave talking about, you know, Clemson, would you rather go to Columbus or would you rather go to Ann Arbor? Because right. we thought those options were on the table. Well, they and they never are, John. Were. They still are, but in a different type of alliance. Um, Fair I, point. <laughs> but here's, here's my thing. Why, why, if there's not some carrot for you in the affirmative, the best thing you can do for your people in 2024 in the United States of America, the best thing you can do for your people is vote no and tell them that. I don't disagree with you. I guess the only devil's advocate point to that would be then you're just incentivizing the breakaway. 
you're incentivizing, you're giving the SEC and the Big Ten and those people who are controlling this thing the extra motivation they need to not even give you a small sliver of the pie. Yes. And I think the fear of just being completely left out in the cold and having no idea what to play for other than a random bowl game that you happen to have a conference affiliation with, I can see where they went and just said, fine, we'll agree to whatever as long as we are still going to even be remotely considered for the future of the sport. John, I think they are. I have a... I don't know if this is a tinfoil hat or a dunce cap. I'm not sure what I'm about to put on right now. But allow me to speculate wildly for a second. Please. I think one of the reasons that Washington State and Oregon State are voting yes, and Conference USA is voting yes, and AMAC is voting yes, and everybody's voting yes on this, is because they know that there's already been a break. There's already a break. If you don't think there has been a fault line, a dividing line between all the leagues that make a certain amount of money and the leagues that make a certain other amount of money, a higher amount of money, I think you're missing it. These group of five leagues know that there's already a break, but the problem is they have to function as if there's not. They have to sort of go along with this new system knowing that there is a firm cap that's not much above what they're already making that they can potentially make here. The only way that they can get any additional revenue is to go and basically be the whipping boy. Go be Liberty. Take that bleep whooping that you get from Oregon or some other, uh, the five seed, the best team that didn't win their league. You go and take that butt whooping that you're going to get out there. In their building now, not even just at a nice, comfy Jerry World or Mercedes-Benz Dome. Correct. You go do that. You bring back the hefty check, and you know your role. That's your role now. If you're Liberty, your role is not... Like, it's different from Boise State. People talk about the Boise State example. I love the Boise State example. That's over, folks. The portal ended that. This this is about keeping coaches, keeping players. You can't do that in a group of five. So what you have to do is you have to create a system where you're going to win every single game and you're going to make all your alums happy and there's no incentive for Liberty to go play Oregon in the regular season because if you lose that game, you're probably out from some team that's playing the easiest schedule Goderman has ever seen, like Liberty just did. Right? Absolutely. So here's what I think is happening here. All right, And the texture says it's already separation. Yes. I, I think the goal for the group of five. All right. You, could, you look three, five years down the road. You'll, you'll see this. The goal for the group of five is going to be to have their own entity. They are to facilitate a break. And it's going to include... Honestly, it may include the Big 12 and the ACC, but it's going to include the MAC, it's going to include Conference USA and the Sun Belt, and it's going to include the AAC. It's going to include these other entities. Because right now what's happening is that, if, if you look, the FCS is its own deal. You know, I, I would love to see the rates. I would love to see the rates of portal entry among group of five schools and among FCS schools. I bet there's more continuity in the FCS. I would tend to agree without having any number in front of me. I would tend to agree with you. And again, like maybe the numbers aren't, maybe they don't bear out. Maybe they don't. But I think, I feel like, I'm all, look, I'm also, Furman is right in front of my face. A lot of kids at Furman stay in three, four, five. A lot of kids, like grad transfers, whatever. But you don't see two years of FCS just going to FBS. Not like waves of those types of kids. Right. There's not waves of 
for an example, Jared Verse. Going I, from Albany up to the Power 5 at Florida right. State. And you know what? If you're a Verse, if you're like one of these guys, like, of course. You're going to go. You're going to make your money. That's good. I think the reason there's more continuity in FCS is because you can win a national championship at the level that you're at. Not even that. You can win games. Right. Because you're not the whipping boy for the big guys. The group of five doesn't have a national championship. And so I think all of the issues with the group of five stem from that. Until the group of five has a national championship, guess what? It will be better for coaches to be coordinators at Power 5 schools than head coaches at Group of 5 schools, especially once you've established you can do that thing. Like, being a head coach at a Group of 5 school is going to be more about either being an alum and wanting the job, or it's going to be about proving to some other school that you can be a head coach and then jumping to a coordinator job so that some other Power 5 school or Big 2 school will be able to hire you. Yeah, I think we are completely, the the landscape is changing right in front of us of, the normal ladder you had to climb to become a Power 5 head football coach. That path is changing right in front of us as we speak. Yes. Because it used to be work your way up, become a a coordinator at one of these G5 schools, work your way up to be a coordinator at a Power 5, then you go take the head coach job at the G5 school, and then that promotes you up to the Power 5 institution. Now we are doing it where you have to exhaust all your options at the G5 ranks to then just become a coordinator at the Power Five, and that's how you can get hired at a bigger job. Right. The group of five right now is like purgatory. The, the FCS, it, like I don't want to say FCS is hell, but the FCS is one lane, right? Um, if you want a theological explanation of purgatory, I'm not going to give it to you right now. Uh, the, the FCS is one lane, and you know where you're headed in FCS. You know the goal. It's a national championship. In, in the Power Five, for not not for every program, but for a lot of programs in the Power Five, your goal is the playoff. Your goal is national championship. You get in like you win your league, you get on the dance floor, and you play for it. What's the incentive structure in the G five? What's the incentive structure keeping a coach in the G five? Because you're not going to win a national title, and you're probably not going to go to the playoff. What's the incentive structure keeping players at the G five? Because you're not going to play in a playoff game. You could go play in a play or sit, watch your teammates at a but get a ring like. You go, go be in that big environment. There's a reason to go to FCS and there's a reason to go to Power 5 that has to do with what happens at the end of the season and there's just not that reason to be loyal to a group of five school. So why would you vote for something that is going to box out all but one of your 80, 70 schools? What is it? 70, 60-something something schools? Something like that, yeah, it's... High 60s. Why would you vote for a system that's going to box out 63 or 64 schools or whatever it is? It's because you feel like that is the way to get the actual break that goes along with the proverbial break. In the next three to five years, the group of five will break off. It will have its own championship, and everyone will be better for it. You'll be able to still schedule if you want, just like FCS and FBS right now can schedule. You'll be able to still schedule if you want. But at the end of the day, we're going to stop pretending that Buffalo and Clemson are competing for the same thing. And, and, and in all fairness, I think we need to. Correct. A texter gets in, I'm all for the group of five getting their own national championship. That just sounds like more good football to me. Exactly. And you know what? I bet CBS would bid for that. Notice, nobody's bidding for the 
Like everyone, ESPN, either they feel like ESPN's overbidding or they feel like they can't match it, but ESPN is the only entity that is bidding for the FCS or the FBS National Championship. And I'm telling you right now, if there was a group of five championship, I bet Fox would get in on that. They've got Mountain West. They've got Pac-2, right? I bet uh, CBS would get in on that. They've got Mac. They've got Sunbelt. They've got a bunch of games on CBS and CBS SN. I bet NBC Peacock gets in on that. I bet you see these other entities getting in on that as sort of a get-your-feet-wet situation before the big thing maybe goes to 16, and then they could try to get a piece of that. I think that's what this is about. It's got to be something bigger because just that vote doesn't make any sense. It would make more sense in the present to vote no and then go tell your people you voted no. So everybody applauds you, pat on the back. Way to save us. Thanks for, thanks for fighting for us. The reason you vote yes is because you think this is the thing that leads to what you actually want and what's actually going to preserve you. So that, that's kind of my take on that. I'm not, I'm not against y'all's sort of existential crisis notion of group of five. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense that they would vote to die. It makes sense that they would vote to allow themselves to be manipulated into a better situation. I buy that line of thinking. Okay. I do. And I would like to get on the other side of this break kind of your opinion on we had talked about on the press box this morning. If you missed any of it, go to theroarfm.com. But we had talked about how the decision that some of these individual schools are going to have to make, whether it's FCS, you play the game, or you shut down the program entirely. Let's talk about that on the other side. 654 Roars the number. You got thoughts? Uh, We'd love to hear from you on the phones on the Adams Curving text line. Hour 2 continues after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Elley of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. Call the plumber whose name is his number One Tom Plumber plumber fast. I always call one Tom plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call one Tom plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom plumber. Bosch is hosting a direct hire event for maintenance technicians at 1100 Scottsbridge Road in Anderson on Tuesday, February 27th from 9 to 2. Recently increased pay rates and multiple shifts. Learn more and RSVP at hdijobs.com backslash Bosch. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment is your premier independent local construction equipment rental and sales source. With three locations in the upstate and one in North Georgia, our Takeuchi lineup of track loaders, excavators, and wheel loaders and full line of attachments are ready to make your jobs easy. So don't settle for less. Choose the best with Bennett and Takeuchi. Proudly supplying equipment in our region for 24 years. When you need equipment in the upstate or north Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boyer. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. 
Finding a dealership alternative just got easier. With three locations in Greenville, Cherrydale, and Anderson, First Class Halt is here to service your Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. With ASE certified technicians, state-of-the-art equipment, free shuttles, customer rewards program, and a limited lifetime warranty on parts and labor, we stand behind our work. So if you're looking for an independent service shop who treats you like a customer, not a number, look no further than firstclasshalt.com. And while you are there, take advantage of our new customer offer, First Class Halt, your dealership alternative. First, it was Seneca. Then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection. And get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main in Central. If you're moving a loved one into assisted living and need a stress-free solution for selling their property, Samuel Property Group is here to be your guide. From home evaluation to a hassle-free sale, we handle it all. Let us ease your burden during this transition and receive your check in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today and fill out the simple form to be contacted by one of our team members within 48 hours. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a new Samsung Galaxy A15 for just $99. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Yeah! Good talk. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and StraightTalk.com. For network management practices, visit StraightTalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. In-store activation on single silver unlimited plan or higher required. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Your home for Clemson women's basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. William Pogginbush, John Height with you. I want to tell you about our friends at Willie Taco before we go further uh, in the show. They are, um, well, they've got a lot going on in Easley. Just a couple things. They've got trivia. Um, they've got uh, they've got Tequila Tuesday. Taco. Well, it's Taco Tuesday, but it's it's also Tequila Tuesday. I mean, let's be let's be real about this. Um, they, you know what? Make it both Taco Tuesday, Tequila Tuesday. How about that? Taco they pay, they pair well Tuesday. together. Uh, right, exactly, exactly. Both alphabetically and as uh, it's a meal pairing yeah. features in a meal. That's right. Um, they have great gourmet cuisine, great specials all week long. Different things going on. Like I said, trivia on Thursdays. I love good trivia. Uh, my my wife and I uh, we went to a we went to a local place and they said they're playing music trivia and she looked at me like we don't have to play, and I I thought are you are you nuts? Of course they're gonna play this. Of course we're doing this. I don't even know what it was. It was it ended up being music trivia. We did win a prize. I mean, we we Let's rocked go. it. We rocked it. Um but it was it was very good. I'm I'm down for any trivia. If I accidentally stumble on trivia, good luck making me leave, okay? Good luck getting out of there at a normal time that we plan cuz we do have to stay for the duration. Anyway, point being, easily Willie Tiger's where it's at, folks. Go by and see him today. 
All right, you wanted to talk about some of, like, some of the, the outcomes for programs that are a little bit more downtrodden in our current system. Yeah, I, I just feel like some of these programs, I, I feel the breakaway from a Power 5, Group of 5, however you want to call it. You, you're saying 3 to 5. I think it's more 5 to 10. I think we're looking at like the next real contract for the college football playoff. Not the one that ESPN's floating $7.8 right now, but the one near the end of the uh, 2020s. Yeah, sure. I listen. I think, I think if you're talking about like, I know the example that you brought up was Akron. And yeah, Joe Moorhead. Yeah, right. If you're one of these programs, you probably are stuck. You know, unless you make one good hire. True. Like Kent State with Sean Lewis on a good trajectory. Couldn't keep him. Right. But you're on a good trajectory. Listen, there. No matter where you are, there are going to be some programs that I've. The example that comes to mind is VCU basketball. I think one of the things that, well, because at Clemson, you you do tend to have coaches for a longer period of time. Like I don't, I'm not in a place where coaches leave every three years. Right. Like my high school didn't have coaches leave every three years. Like we just didn't have a lot of turnover, and but there are lots of places that like that. That can become difficult. Like, you can start to really resent that. Like, guys leaving and stuff like that over and over and over and over again. I think for some of these places, you you embrace it. Like, VCU men's basketball. Do you know how many great coaches went through VCU? Oh, several. Capel, uh, Grant, obviously Shaka Smart. Like, you, you had a bunch, Will Wade, you had a bunch of these coaches, like, back to back to back to back. The reason is because they embraced the fact that we might only have this guy three or four or five years. We need to be good at hiring, and that's what we need to do. We need to be very good at identifying the next guy and always be looking for the next guy. My devil's advocate, my pushback to that would be, that's a much easier sales pitch to take the VCU basketball job in terms of upward trajectory in your career than it is to go be the head coach at a Mac school right now in college football. That's a great point. Because I, I'll, I'll give another Mac example here. Chuck Martin, Miami of Ohio. He's been there for 10 years and has won the league multiple times. Quack, I know you get into the coaching carousel stuff as much as I do. When was the last time you heard his name mentioned for a job? <laughs> Miami, Ohio? <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, but he's, he's an established guy who's been there for a decade and he's won the league multiple times. That's a great point. I, and I, you know what? I can't argue with that because VCU had the – they were set up to – like, if you come coach for us, you do a good job for us, and then you'll get Oklahoma or you'll get Texas or you'll get sure, LSU yeah. or you'll get these other jobs. Um, Akron and Kent State definitely are not. And then texters are rightly pointing out that you've got coaches who are leaving. Like, um, a text from the 864 says – the North Dakota State head coach just took a job as a defensive assistant, not a coordinator, a defensive assistant at Southern Cal. Yeah. Mo Linguist took left the head job at Buffalo to go be a position coach for Alabama. Can I say this about North Dakota State, though? I think that's another one where you're outrunning the law a little bit. You're outrunning the firing squad. Ben and I were talking about outrun the law, outrun the firing squad. That was an outrun the firing squad because the, like, they are used to being top dog and now... South Dakota State is top dog. And that's and a problem, man. Montana's doing very well, and North Dakota State's falling off that perch a little bit. So, you know, North Dakota State, you could argue, was kind of the VCU. 
where like Craig Bull was there for a long time. He took Wyoming. Chris Kleiman was there for a couple years, took Kansas State. Yeah. Rock star job. You take this job, you get another one. Boom. Bada bing, bada bing. If you want it, because Craig Bull was there for a long time and built it. Um, that's not always guaranteed to be the case. Because there's such high standards, he may have been leaving before he got fired. So there may be some circumstances there. I think most of these coaches that we're talking about right now that we're making such a big to-do about leaving, moving on, are were on the hot seat. I think you're probably right about that. Like that Jeff Halfley was probably going to be, more than likely, could have been Candace this year. Right. Uh, Linguist Mo, Mo probably was, oh, was definitely a fireable candidate at Buffalo. I'm not sure. Wom- I'm not Womack's sure the only one Womack. that I can think of right now, but... His relationship with DeBoer, I think, supersedes some of that stuff. Well, and this is this is riveting group of five football talk for y'all who want to talk about the SEC all the time. I think one of the things that happened uh, that happened with Womack is he saw that John Summerall, who's a very good candidate, probably going to get an SEC job at Troy. You know, he's going to get Kentucky if it comes open, South Carolina, one of the Mississippi jobs. Like, every job that comes open, John Summerall's name gets in, and the next job he takes from Troy is Tulane. And he's going, if John Summerall, who did a better job than I'm doing right now yeah. in my league, got Tulane, felt like he had to go to Tulane and take that step, I'd rather just go call defensive ball plays. Because guess what Kane Womack's really good at? Calling defensive ball plays. Yeah. Like, I'm a little worried about Alabama's offense, I'll be honest, which we're not talking about that right now, but I will gladly have a conversation about uh, Fred Cunningham and I actually talked about this at a women's basketball game. As Indiana, we we know a lot about the Alabama staff, okay? As Indiana football people, we know an inordinate amount of information about Alabama's new football staff, okay? You really do. You have such good inside knowledge here. Nick Sheridan is not nearly the play caller that Ryan Grubb is and not nearly the play caller that Kayla DeBoer is. Not even close. So, like, Alabama might win with defense. They might continue to win with defense, but I am in. Do not... Do not in any way, shape, or form expect legitimate fireworks from Nick Sheridan's offense, okay? Just don't just don't do that. All right. Sheridan was the uh was the Penix coordinator when things went to pot and then Penix left and then uh Sheridan got fired and like DeBoer knows him. That's great. It's DeBoer's system. He can go be but the tight ends coach, yeah. I'm a li- I'm a little worried about that. Anyway, point of bringing all this up is some of these jobs, you're going to have to just embrace what you are. And right now, I don't think there is a way to differentiate a group of five coach in a way that makes you marketable to a power five job. Like, think about it. What happens in college basketball that makes VCU's coach marketable to Texas and to Oklahoma and to LSU? It's the, po- it's the tournament run. It's the tournament. You figure out a way to go through a tournament in a way that another school goes, I want to make that run. You can't do that in a group of five right now. The only thing you sell is like, I can recruit. Well, how are you recruiting? Well, our class right now is 91st in the country, but we are 5th in the MAC. You, you can't sell that to somebody. Is the only, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like the only way, and it, it can only go to a certain point, is if you're a scheme differentiator. Right. Like, like Sean Lewis is the example, but we saw that only could take him so far. Right. As the OC at Colorado. Right. Now, I will say, he took that little aside at Colorado. San Diego State's a better job than Kent State. Oh, ten times better. So he's continuing to work his way up. Sean Lewis going to be a... He's going to be a Power 5 head coach at some point. Yes. If we still have Power 5 football on the West Coast in five years, he will have a job. <laughs> like, if he yeah. wants it. 
He doesn't have to be uh, West that's, Coast. That's a fair point. But that that's why I think that's why I think this is interesting. Another thing about the group of five, this is about as dire as it gets, okay? We're talking about group of five. Really, how this came, if you're just joining us, how this came about, we're talking about the group of five. Basically, uh, yesterday, college football playoff um, board, not the committee, this is the board, this is like all the conference commissioners and Washington State's president and uh, Jack Swarbrick are all in a room and they're voting, 11 of them, on changes to the model. And it was unanimous consent... To go from a, a six plus six model with six automatic bids and uh, and six at larges to five automatic bids and seven at larges, which hurts group of five conferences. It it really does. It hurts every group of five conference. It hurts the um, it, I would say it, it probably hurts the bottom line for these conferences relative to what they think they might be able to get. They're not going to get it. Right, right. Like you're just not. Like there's a there's a limited ceiling there. Well, I mean, you just do quick math. If they stayed at the six plus six, there's four power leagues. You would get two bids. Right. They weren't going to allow that to happen. Will Backus from CBS Sports has a winners and losers thing on here. Okay. Here's who he includes. This this goes to my original point here. Winners: the ACC, Florida State, undefeated conference champion, never getting left out again. Congratulations. Penn State. Penn State gets in because they don't have to win the league. Conference championship games are a winner. Now, I would say that's ah, a little bit... Maybe. I, I'm, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just telling you what he's saying. Pac-12 holdouts are the losers because now they have to go undefeated to get in. They, they, they're they not really a recognized league right now in the six or in the five because um, they're like... It's just two teams. <laughs> have you looked at their schedules, by the way? No, I haven't. All right, we're going to do this. I, I think it was Tim Bure was doing this the other day. Like, we were looking at the schedules and, like, they don't even have to. They have, like, half schedules right now. It's amazing. They don't even have schedules for next year. Um, and then it says the number 12 seed. Not He didn't even mention a group of five. Didn't even mention it because this is not for the group of five. This is a thing for the group of five to do while we figure out where the group of five goes. And what we actually want the group of five to do. Because it is in the interest of Power Five football. It is in the interest of bowl game. It is in the interest of all the that group of five football doesn't implode or become a feeder system. It needs to have its own thing and its own identity. It's just taking us a minute to get there. Right? I mean that's Yeah. No, I think I, that's where that's where we're going with it. Right, this. yeah. I think the the interest purpose is this this new five plus seven model is just it was never meant for the group of five and no matter how they try to spin it and sell it. It's not as beneficial as you may think. Correct. No doubt about it. But I do I do agree with you. It's something that we didn't get into on our show this morning, that this could be advantageous for them in the long run. You just may have to get through some very uncomfortable times to get there. Correct. No question. Um, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for hour two of the program. And hour three, we got a couple other topics to get to. Will Vandevoort is going to join us next. So no telling where he's going to take us. And we've got hump day headlines as well. We've got some good ones, folks. I don't want to oversell it, but I'm pretty excited about this one. Hour three of the program is up next. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 15C.